Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. Only two races left, which is crazy to say. Next up is the first ever race in Vegas. We will be there. We're so excited. So let us know if you will be there. And reminder, if we have any new friends or listeners, to go to our Start Here Instagram highlight and subscribe and rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple. And also check out on YouTube the Starter Pack series. I'm Sarah. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. Okay, Brazil, main takeaways. Kind of a wild weekend with the quali night race weather situation. <laughs> to the insane wheel-to-wheel action and racing during the sprint, and then just not the best race. Some really depressing storylines with some moments of bright spots, I will say. But from Charles's, why am I so bleeping unlucky? Uh, that appeared <laughs> in my brain, I feel like, into every Ferrari fan's brain forever. And Mercedes having their worst race probably of the season with just bad pace and that temperamental car, George retiring, really a mystery what's going on in the W14. But on the bright side, Lando secured another dominant P2. That photo finish between Checo and Alonso made it all worth it to me. And really cool to see Aston Martin recovering their form and Alonso and Stroll. Stroll doing really well too, but Alonso just being back up there on the podium like he does. So good stuff. The true master. Um, yeah, I think for me, the weekend was great. It's a another reason why I love a sprint weekend. I think we had some fun action literally every day and there was so much just like from a fan perspective to see and and follow. Obviously the depressing storylines are just that they are depressing, but again, highly entertaining. I think for me, I loved seeing Checo come back really hungry after his less than stellar race in Mexico. Um, one thing that I was missing a little bit, which I'm sure we'll talk about, is the lack of the Ricardo renaissance. We didn't see much from him. I totally agree about the sprint weekend. I think for me, the main story this weekend was just the huge contrast for me between Saturday and Sunday. The sprint was incredible. It it made the case for this track. It made the case for sprint races. Generally, I think drivers have talked a lot about how this track is so unique because especially in turns one and two, you can take a variety of lines kind of inside, outside, going wide and turning into the apex kind of late versus other tracks. And that gives just so many opportunities for overtaking. And the sprint, it felt like there were daring, crazy overtakes happening every single lap. And then Sunday to me just felt a bit uneventful. So I think it was just a huge case for why sprints when it's just an all out, as the word, as the name says, sprint with no tower confirmation, <laughs> no pit stops. But I think kind of the bigger question then is, should there be a way to make Sundays more like that? I think it's hard with pit stops and you can't be pushing flat out an entire race, but I don't know, something to think about. Very interesting. Okay. MVPs. I think this is going to be kind of a shoe in for me, but I'm going to go with Lando. I did want to say McLaren overall. I know Piastri didn't have the race that he wanted, but since they brought their upgrade in Austria, McLaren is the only team that scored like enough points or as much points basically as Red Bull. Not the same amount, but they're like the highest point scoring team besides Red Bull. So way to go, Lando. Way to go, McLaren. Awesome. For me, unsurprisingly, Max. But I think it's been a while since we've had a Max one. <laughs> no, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but I'll give it to you. Seventeen <laughs> races this season, yeah. But I think this was another example of we kind of saw Lando got sprint pole. He's been driving amazing. The McLaren's been driving the McLaren's an amazing car with the upgrades, and Max still won by eight seconds, which I think at some points Checo was Checo could not get past. Alonso, which has been a car that has been really struggling for a podium. So I think it, again, just speaks to, of course, the car is absolutely incredible, but Max is also unbelievable and just is able to pull out these gaps and make laps happen every single time without fail, which is part of just why he's been so dominant apart from the car itself. Um, I think also... Gasly has had some sneaky drives recently, so I have to give a shout out to him. He drove from P15 to P7, and drives like that have happened from him a couple times recently. So I'm excited to keep watching him, and I'm excited for what he could do with a bit of a better car. The person I was watching the race with was just so angry during that Alonso Checo battle. He's like, "Why can Checo not get past him in that car? Like, I don't understand." <laughs> I'm like, I'm living for this, so. I'm going to give my MVP to Aston Martin. Uh, Alonso did incredibly, as we know, um, especially on Sunday. But Stroll also had a really good weekend. And the, yeah. the car's form really seems to have come back and has found itself after a period of wandering around in less great territory. Um, so happy for them. And it definitely makes the constructors' battle continue to be interesting or relevant over these next two races. So... Good job, Aston Martin. How about LVPs? For me, it was Albon's flying wheel rubber carcass hitting Dylan's <laughs> rear wing. Carcass. So rough. So Ruining bad. Ruining his race and almost hitting him personally. He had to physically dodge, which we'll talk about, but is not supposed to happen with the modern tire tethers. So that was just a freaky and really also sad that it ruined his race. Yeah, that was such a bummer. I feel like Danny Charles is maybe the most unlucky of all, but I feel like Danny <laughs> also has his fair share of bad luck, which is such a shame. I'm going to give my LVP to the W14. It is really <laughs> sad. And every single person in Mercedes, from like Toto to Lewis to firing Mike Elliott, like people are just like, I can't wait for this. Well, maybe they didn't fire Mike Elliott. He's gone. But they just cannot wait for the next season. And Toto said, this car doesn't deserve to win. Lewis is just like, I just cannot wait to be out of this car. Damn. It's sad, though. What's so hard is that's exactly what they were saying last year. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, who knows what the W15 will look like. But let's hope it's up from here. It's weird because that car has so many, like, bright moments. It just feels so temperamental and unpredictable in a way that is different from most of the other cars on the grid. It's like – yeah. I guess I could I, – I guess I would kind of say also Mercedes as a team being my LVP in a sense because it's just brutal for the drivers. It's kind of unfathomable to go from P2 in Mexico, so much excitement, and then to struggling for points and seemingly no one knowing why when you have Mercedes power units in a McLaren with these massively upgraded mm. cars mid-season doing amazing. Same with Aston Martin. Like it's just – it's – hard to it's kind of hard to fathom sometimes and it, yes they kind of messed up the the regulation switch but that's which locks you into some extent but again as we see with McLaren and Aston Martin not that much like McLaren has pulled out a, a at least sprint winning maybe not race winning car in the back half of the season and Mercedes just 
is not. I think to- this whole conversation to me is the is why F one is somewhat or really is like a team sport. So much goes into the end product of the car and what the driver can drive. And I think there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like Red Bull obviously as an organization is just running on all cylinders and that's why they can consistently be so consistent, you know? And Um, it's also more than just like the power unit, which I agree. It is weird to see like a McLaren and a, and an Aston Martin with Mercedes powertrains or power units. But yeah, we know, it's a lot more than that. And the whole zero side pod concept has been a rough road for them and other things kind of in the aero package just seem to not be working. They always seem to be like mad about the balance of the car, which is interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on to me, other sad things. <laughs> uh, yeah. My LVP is going to be Charles and Ferrari. I just, the unluckiness of it all, him losing his hydraulics. Let's talk. We'll talk about whose fault this really is. Um, but damn. Another weekend to forget for them. Okay, let's talk about our hot takes. Um, who wants to start on how they held up? <sighs> More sad things. I think it's pretty bad <laughs> across the board here. <laughs> I had a I had Lewis pulling ahead of Checo in the drivers' championship, but I'm pretty sure Checo outscored him both days. So that was that was tough. I had Piastri on podium, so also could not have been worse for me. <laughs> yeah, I had Danny top five. So for both of us, Danny. <laughs> Danny and Piastri were literally a minute behind and a lap down for the entire race because of their first lap. That's why we call them hot takes, folks. (laughs) They're hot. (laughs) All right, let's jump into the weekend. So for practice, of course, sprint weekend, just one practice. The Ferraris actually looked really good in practice. So we'll leave it at that since that actually wasn't very indicative of the full weekend. (laughs) For quali, this is one of the strangest qualies we have seen in ages. Brazil often does have rain at this race, but this wasn't even rain. It started as a very heavy, weird mist, incredibly dark sky. Charles said he had never seen anything like it in his career. He said it wasn't raining, but the track and car felt like it was, and the wind almost made it nearly impossible to drive. So it was pretty crazy. The pictures of like Q1 to Q3, it was like a totally different place it felt like so q3 was red flagged with a few minutes left it turned into complete torrential downpour the post-quality interviews were done in the safety car garage with everyone looking just very disheveled and <laughs> crazy so how did we get there overall there were a lot of issues with traffic people waited really long to get in lap times which very much cost them in these conditions in Q1, we had Logan, both Alpha Tauris, and both Alfa Romeos out. In Q2, the weather started looking kind of a bit dicey, but was still okay. Albon, both Haases, and both Alpines were out, which meant Stroll was through to Q3. So already an exciting moment there. And for Q3, I think the strategy was just clearly get out as fast as possible, get a lap time in before the rain or whatever we want to call it. Um, the Astons did this really well. Everyone everyone else kind of regretted not doing that because then the session got red flagged. Of course, Max was able to pull out a big lap when it counted. And then we had Charles P2, Lance P3, Alonso P4, then the Mercedes. And then the drivers that got unlucky with the red flag and didn't get a time in in time were Checo and Piastri, amongst others. And Lando, the, uh, the McLarens were so unlucky for Q3, which is so sad. Yeah. 
For the sprint shootout, the main early stage highlight here was Alonso and Ocon had a bizarre collision in SQ1, which ended in damage on both cars. Big impact for Ocon. So this was crazy. It seemed like Alonso had left enough space and Ocon lost the car for a second and hit him. But Ocon, obviously, on the radio was like bleeping idiot Alonso <laughs> and... It, if I were Alonso, maybe I would have left a little bit more space. Like, I think he could have given a little more, but at the same time, there was, there seemed to be enough. So this was kind of a brutal, brutal moment. But they turned the car around, which is crazy. Yeah, that was unbelievable. The car was, ab- the Alpine was absolutely wrecked, and Alonso had a lot of damage too. I cannot believe they were able to fix that Alpine in three hours. But I think it was kind of, indicative of a bigger problem i don't know what the solution is but it seems like the traffic and the impeding has been so bad like these situations leaving the pit lane max having to overtake multiple cars on the pit lane exit because everyone's just idling so slowly to try to hold back to get onto track at optimal time to set their lap it just seems like this was bound to happen eventually yeah yeah very confusing so weird very but then We had the big excitement in SQ3 with Lando getting sprint pole, which was his first ever sprint pole. He just seemed so happy. Uh, We would have loved to have seen that carry through the sprint, but I'm glad he got his moment because Piastri has had a handful of those moments over the past several races. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to see Lando up there and getting pole. And the sprint itself was just so fun. It was definitely some of the best wheel-to-wheel action we have seen all season it was so good like I said um and Sarah like you agreed it's just like this is the reason why we have sprints it was just so fun Max would disagree yeah well it doesn't matter (laughs) respectfully I don't care what Max thinks (laughs) um but when the sprint started Max did get off the line really great he had an early p1 right past Lando which of course was a shame and I think I texted both of you just being like ugh I think I just need to turn this off now. (laughs) Right from the start, there was amazing wheel-to-wheel action, literally top to bottom, up and down the grid. We had Lewis and Checo with Charles in there at one point. They were three wide. And then there was that good back and forth with Lando and George for P2. Uh, Mercedes was struggling with the straight line speed from the start. They could not hold back Checo, who thankfully for him got into P3. And then this is where it gets crazy. Danny had an amazing and very daring overtake around the outside of Signs. He looked really good. Of course, it didn't translate to the following day, but it just felt like every single corner there was action somewhere on the grid. We had Alonso and Gasly, Yuki and Hamilton. There was just so much going on. So in the end, we had Max P1, Lando P2, and Checo P3, which is very indicative of the race. <laughs> Yuki, yeah. The Yuki-Hamilton battle, I was stressed. I was like, "Where? what is what is going on? <laughs> Bet you didn't have it was in your bingo card. It, it looked like IndyCar or something. Like yeah. It looked like another series. There were there were camera angles of multiple groups of cars three wide and then four or five cars within probably three temps maybe. It was it did not look like Formula One. It was awesome. It was so great. And like not, you know, respectful racing and like fair racing, I felt for the most part. So that was always nice to see. There were some, I think Checo made some comments after Sunday's race being like, that's what like a good fair battle looks like, his battle with Alonso. He's like, we need more of that. <laughs> yeah, that was, we'll talk about that, but that was very wholesome, the two of them. And they're the hugging race. after the race. I just, I live for that. And they both posted it too, which yeah. is really sweet. <laughs> for the start of the race, overall, 
uh, this this so strange, so much going on. There were six retirements, and it just felt like a lot of people having horrible days, lots of varying luck up and down the grid, including amongst teammates. Started off with an absolutely wild start. Charles was out on the formation lap. He had a big contact with the wall. So, and to kind of clarify for any of our new friends, this was not Charles's fault. This was Ferrari's fault. He was just driving on the formation lap going quite slowly as they do. And he had a failure of both the power steering and the engine power. So he totally lost steering, could not turn when he was supposed to, and just ended up having, it wasn't really like a slow journey to the wall. It was a decently big impact with the wall. He was so upset, hitting the steering wheel, said, why am I so lucky? Why am I so beeping? Unlucky. 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 <laughs> oh, oops. Did I say lucky? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. He is so lucky. <laughs> why am I so lucky? That would have been such sarcasm. That would have been really funny. Yeah. Un- unlucky. And it, his post, too, he just posted this sad so and sad. down video. I mean, f- post of him. It was just brutal. I have to say I appreciate this reaction, like not blaming other people, which he easily could have been, but just like, why am I so unlike lucky is just, that is exactly it. That encapsulates everything surrounding him and his journey at Ferrari. <laughs> his entire <laughs> Just like journey. in a very poignant way. So I, as sad as I am for him, I appreciate that he wasn't like screaming and angry, well, at anyone but his own luck. <laughs> but We made it to the grid. Max, of course, launched off the line. Lando had an amazing getaway to get from P6 to P2. Albon and K-Mag had huge contact. Both of them were out. It did look like a racing incident. Albon was next to both Haas's, had nowhere to go, just spun out at the wrong angle. But like we were saying, it was very concerning that one of Albon's wheel rubbers flew off and rolled down turn one. Uh, There are special, special tethers now that supposedly make sure the wheels don't come off, but The wheel hit Danny's rear wing, almost hit him in the cockpit, which is super dangerous and scary. So that was a bit of a freak accident. And Danny had to physically dodge the flying wheel and it just fully took out his rear wing and ruined his race, which was really sad. Yeah, that was a sight to behold. Um, uh, Lap one, Piastri also got very unlucky. He got wrecked by K-Mag. So we had both Danny and Piastri basically having to restart after the flag on the pit lane or in the pit lane. Uh, Danny and Piastri just both ended up a full lap behind everyone else. And then from this, they were just driving around alone. Very bummer of a race for them. But because of the red flag, we had a, another start. Of course, another great getaway from Max. Lando also had a great start and overtook Hamilton. And Lando was just really showing great pace, able to fight Max for a little bit. The commentators were so excited. They were like, this is it. Like, this is what we're really looking for. Like, actually seeing Max sweat a little bit. Um, They had some wheel-to-wheel action. Uh, Naturally, though, Max pulled ahead and built the gap for the rest of the race. It was funny. On F1 TV, or the commentator said something like, Lando's really keeping Max honest, like making him him work (laughs) a bit. (laughs) And the main story from there was basically, I think the (laughs) things that stood out to us the most were Aston Martin having a good day and Mercedes having just a horrible day. And Max, of course, driving off into the sunset but one bit of excitement was the really amazing Alonso Vicheco battle at the end, Tiggy's favorite here. <laughs> and there was 
a lot at stake for this P3, so that's why I think it felt a bit more exciting than a typical battle. Alonso hasn't had a podium since Zandvoort with Aston Martin's change of form, and Checo had never gotten a podium in Brazil after 11 races, I think a record for him, but Alonso's defense was just amazing. It was crazy, just his ability to hold off a charging Red Bull for 15-plus laps, and then after Checo passed him, like, keeping his head, like, able to retake him for a photo finish on the last lap. I am not a squealer or, like, a screamer, but I was (laughs) screaming. I was like, (sighs) it was crazy. Just incredible wheel-to-wheel action on the absolute limit on the last lap, I actually went back to rewatch it, listening to Alonso's radio, like from his driver um, perspective. And it was just crazy. His engineer was like, okay, hold it down. We have enough power. Hold it down to the limit, to the limit. And it was 53 thousandths of a second separating them at the line. Just for sure the closest finish we've seen all season and giving us the excitement we really need at this stage of the season. (laughs) So thank you, Alonso and Checo, for that honest battle. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
Okay, let's go by teams. I guess I will start with Red Bull. Um, Max had another clinical drive, eight-second win over Lando, pure execution. Um, it was just, I don't even know what, what to say about this anymore. <laughs> Amazing, unbelievable, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the superlatives to Sarah. She's got them. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. My friend I was watching this made the funniest joke where Christian was kind of such a proud dad. He's out at the podium, phone out, filming everything. And she was like, as if Christian's phone hasn't seen this like 50 times. Yeah. It was very funny. <laughs> Literally, exactly. But on the other hand, Checo had a great drive. Finally, he really needed this kind of Checo type drive back to his form. He had that crazy battle with Alonso, but still not being able to podium in a Red Bull weekend over weekend is obviously very tough. He hasn't had a podium since Italy in early September, but alas, I think it was just, he was happy to have at least some action and get closer to the points. Um, and then, one thing that we have to call out is Machine Gun Kelly was there at the race. One, you have to look at the Martin Brendel Machine Gun Kelly interview. And then there's a picture of Christian and Machine Gun Kelly in front of the car on the grid. It's very cool. Just Google it. <laughs> it's just such an awkward photo. Like Christian's kind of just standing and Machine Gun's <laughs> fully in a crouch. <laughs> it's very funny. For Ferrari, Charles was out on the formation lap, as we talked about, P6 from Carlos, but Carlos was also having technical difficulties with only a couple laps left. He wasn't able to downshift on one of his paddles, so just a tough weekend. Charles was so upset and discouraged. He was taking it really hard, which I think is even one of the bigger problems with these type of results is just kind of what it does for team morale. So hopefully they can finish out either Vegas or Abu Dhabi on a high and just kind of have some improved team energy going into the off season. Seriously. Mercedes also needs a bit of that good juju. Yeah. It was just a disaster from top to bottom. They had no pace at all. Horrible tire deg on top of that. The graining on Lewis's tires was terrible. At one point when he was told to push, he just kind of chuckled and told Bono he'd been pushing for laps and then called him dude, which is when you know <laughs> things are getting weird. <laughs> But people were just flying past them on overtakes, and they were struggling to even get points. George retired on lap 59 from overheating oil in his power unit, which is a very specific and strange-sounding problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overheating oil? I just, hmm. Toto <laughs> said it was Mercedes' worst weekend in 13 years. Whoa. Absolutely insane after such elation for Lewis in Mexico. So it's just hard. I know we were saying last season they kind of felt this way too, and we just had a lot of or at least I had a lot of hope going into this season. Like, do we think it's going to be the same? Lewis made a comment that Red Bull is just going to be dominant for at least a couple more years. Whoa. So, well, that mean, I don't know. Does Lewis want to stay with Mercedes then? Like, I feel like Lewis wants another World Drivers Championship. Maybe he just feels like that's out of the cards for him now. But I think what's next for Mercedes is they just, and I think this is kind of already where their head's at, is they're just pivoting to next season already, mentally. Yeah, I think... And again, I keep harping on McLaren, but I think it goes to show McLaren was nowhere at the start of the season. And now they've had just an incredible back half since the summer and are challenging Red Bull more than we've really seen from anyone. So I think it does show that there's hope. I just think, and maybe Mercedes didn't quite do this in the offseason last year. I think they need to fully kind of ditch their car concept and go 
to like a BC spec when McLaren was joking that they basically just brought a new car partway through the season shows that it can be done fast. So I think there is hope for them, but I think they just kind of really need to start over. I think that was part of the whole Mike Elliott departure. Yeah. You know, I think they're cleaning out shop. Maybe it, it was interesting timing though, but yeah, we'll see what happens. For Alpine, a solid points day with P7 for Gasly, P10 for Ocon after Ocon's disaster of a sprint day. Gasly was really happy. He said it was one of their best races of the year. He drove from P15 to P7, as we said, and passed both Mercedes. Just an amazing restart. So good form from especially Gasly, but also Ocon overall and hoping they can continue that form. For McLaren, happy, happy. Lando's fifth podium of the last six races incredible drive and as he said really the absolute best anyone not named max can hope for this season <laughs> and he got fastest lap so great weekend for mclaren Lando and driver side. of the day yeah, exactly sadly a race to forget for oscar after his unfortunate first lap damage but nonetheless we hold out hope i think mclaren's gonna have an amazing weekend in vegas for alfa romeo double dnf just such a tough run here joe was on lap 24 kind of unspecified technical issue, then Botas on lap 41 with a power unit issue. I wonder if it was similar issues on both cars. It's kind of even more concerning if it was different problems on both cars. It's tough. It's just two really talented, great drivers. And I hope that next season they have kind of a chance to show what they're made of a bit more, but definitely need some reckoning over the off season there. For sure. For Aston Martin, we already talked about Alonso's podium, Lance P5. What a race and a big comeback for the team and for Stroll in particular. Alonso was just so happy in the post-race interview, which was nice to see. He also was like passing the champagne to the mechanics below him, which is really cute. (laughs) Lance was also showing strong pace and overall just big improvement for him. His best race since Australia, which was the third race of the year. So hopefully the last two races, they they bring the fight to others for the constructors and and drivers as well. For AlphaTauri, we had some solid points with a P9 for Yuki, right off race for Ricardo, as we said, after his first lap damage, which is unfortunate because he was showing a lot of pace all weekend. But what I really want to discuss is the Danny versus Yuki comparison. I know it's hard to compare when we have damage for one on one day and not for the other on others. And it just, it I feel like we haven't really gotten a super clear picture or circumstances where we can get a super clear picture. But what do you guys think about Danny versus Yuki at the moment? I, I don't feel like we have enough data. It's, it's really hard. Like Danny had such a strong weekend last weekend and then the the cars kind of looked good earlier, earlier in the weekend. And then Danny didn't look good. I just think we don't have enough yet because he hasn't been back long enough since his injury. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I would probably say, Danny and I think Danny also in terms of race form like we saw Danny has the experience and the skill to be able to do things like he had in the sprint these really amazing kind of daring overtakes of for example Lewis on the outside but he's able to keep it clean keep it on the road and execute in these really tight battles and I just don't really see that from Yuki granted Yuki's credit he did have that little battle with Hamilton that didn't result in contact but Yuki last weekend just literally took out Oscar for absolutely no reason when it would have been, I think, their best result of the season. So I think I'm still just not really over that, especially Oscar being wrecked two weekends in a row. But I think, it, I don't know, I, I still come out come out with Danny here. Yeah, I think 
one thing that is definitely true is the Alpha Tauri is looking much better as a car. Everybody yes. was calling it a tractor. And like, I don't think <laughs> Danny is blowing Yuki out of the water and doing something crazy with the Alpha Tauri that like, you know, I think the Alpha Tauri has gotten better overall. And we're seeing performance gains from both Danny and from Yuki. Yeah. So I think that at least is true. But I am, I have been very impressed with, with Danny's comeback. And I just hope it's, it's consistent and, they keep delivering a car that's good for both of them because it, it really seems to be trending in that direction. So that's great. For Haas, it was a tough race with KMAG out in lap one contact, Nico finishing outside the points in P12. Same for Williams, just huge damage for Albon on lap one. It was scary crash. It's also going to be a very expensive repair job. So bit of a tough race on both those counts. For our weekend of news and headlines, so the Mercedes technical director, Mike Elliott, like we said, he is leaving after 11 years, and that was after a kind of demotion from him at the beginning of the season as well, so hopefully that bodes well for Mercedes in a bit of a shakeup. Alonso shot down rumors about him going to Red Bull. I think people were just trying to find things after that cryptic tweet going around the paddock after Mexico saying that there was a big rumor um, and lastly, <laughs> the Brazilian Grand Prix got extended for 10 more years as it deserves. So 10 more years of fun and hopefully less crazy weather incidents. <laughs> yeah, Brazil really does deliver, even though the race on Sunday wasn't uh, what we would have hoped potentially, but it it really delivers, which is great. For our radio of the week, we had Alonso. I wanted to podium for everyone. Let's celebrate. He also said, this is for you all. This is for you guys. So Aww. great uh, for drivers, we have Max at 524, and obviously, as we've said many times, if it was him versus every other constructor, he would be winning constructors by 140 points. <laughs> Checo, 258. Hamilton, 226. So Checo has pulled a little bit ahead of Hamilton here. Alonso, 198. Uh, Lando, only three behind with 195. Signs only three behind that with 192. And that extends his lead over Leclerc and P7 with 170. For constructors, Red Bull with 782 over twice the next team. Mercedes, 382. Ferrari, 362, which is pretty close there for P2. McLaren, 282. And Aston Martin, 261. And the next race is Vegas. We are so excited. We can't wait to bring you all along for what is sure to be a wild, wild weekend. So thanks for tuning in.